<laughs> yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation with my youngest daughter about TikTok, and I said, "Should I?" And she's like, "No, <laughs> no, yeah, just, no, just no delay there." Welcome to episode 14 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing and the F, well, you decide. As we ask the question, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO and chief bottle washer at the content marketing agency at Propingo. If you Google me, I'm the Ian Truscott that is not the killer cross-examining QC from here in London that maybe Google thinks is the Ian Truscott you are looking for. This episode was recorded on Friday the 12th of June, and by the simple measure of whether the pubs are open or not, here in London, we're still in lockdown. As 2020 seems to be serving us the full set of the horsemen of the apocalypse, wherever you are, hope you are safe and well, and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. And thank you for taking some time out with us. This episode, I chat to Wendy Bryant-Beswick. VP of Marketing at Service Credit Union and learn about her approach, some tips for marketing in a crisis, and of course, what she would like to chuck into the Rockstar CMO swimming pool, our portal to hell for all the bullshit snake oil and overhyped doublespeak that is in the marketing industry. I again get all giggly talking to my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose, chief troublemaker at the Content Advisory, as we unwind with one of his Friday concoctions and discuss one thought we might take away from a few hours with him at the bar. But first, I'd like to suggest something on rockstarcmo.com that I'd like you to take a look at. Let's get started, shall we? This week, I'd like to steer you in the direction of an article from our latest issue, the Club Classic Volume 1 issue, named after the Soul to Soul album that features the track Keep On Moving. And that's our theme. How do we as marketers keep on moving through the COVID-19 crisis? If you're not familiar with our publication, each issue we have a green room feature where we ask the CMOs we've gone backstage with in the past a topical question for the month. And this issue, which we assembled when the most pressing thing in the world was COVID-19, we asked, what have they learned during the pandemic? And what are the crisis keepers? Those things that they or their businesses have had to do or try that they will keep whenever, whatever we believe is normal returns. We share the thoughts of five of our CMOs, Ted Rubin, David Howland, Christine Bailey, Kate Bradley-Churnis and Wendy Bryant-Beswick, who we'll hear from in a moment. As Christine Bailey, CMO of Alita, quotes from the marketoonist Tom Fishburne, we're not going back to work, we're going forward to work, which is a nice sentiment. And the whole article is well worth reading. I always enjoy this feature as we have such a generous community and it's worth a flick back through the previous articles in that series just to pick up on some of the things they've said. To read this latest issue and this green room feature, go to rockstarcmo.com and click on the latest issue button. I will also share a link in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. Right, on to our interview. Wendy Bryant-Beswick is the award-winning VP of Marketing for Service Credit Union. She's a financial services industry expert and industry thought leader around driving growth strategies and member experience. We first met Wendy backstage in the Nevermind issue back in October 2018, and she's a regular contributor to the Green Room feature I mentioned just now. So it's a pleasure to welcome Wendy to the show, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome, Wendy, to Rockstar CMO FM. 
Thanks for having me, Ian. I'm really glad to be here with you. Yeah, yeah, it's been quite a while. I think you were um, one of our earlier guests on Backstage Q&A, and we've collaborated over the last couple of years. That's fun. But for people that aren't regular readers, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I'm in marketing. I've been in, you know, been in marketing most of my career, but, uh, you know, on the weekends and in my spare time, I paint. I'm an artist and I'm out hiking and being outdoors as much as I can. Traveling's a huge thing for me, but I'm, you know, not able to do as much of that right now with the current situation. So I spend a lot of time running around New Hampshire photographing and using that for artwork, uh, which kind of allows me to just sort of shut off you know, what I'm doing during the week. And it really keep, keeps my creative juices going when I can take that time to focus on something that's that creative. I mean, I love solving business problems, which is the business side of and growing businesses, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But that's a little bit about yeah. me. Yeah, nice. And you're in a lovely part of the world there as well, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, what's your role at the moment? Um, right now, I'm the VP of Marketing and Communication. So I head up um, our marketing efforts, communication. I also started our foundation this year, and I also oversee our financial education efforts. So, right. and that's at Service of, Credit Union. Yes, at Service Credit Union. And for people, I mean, we get listened to by people all over the place. So, for people that don't know what Service Credit Union is, tell us a little bit yeah. about them. So we're a, a global credit union. We serve mm-hmm. military members. We started with serving military members here in New Hampshire, but we now um, have branches on Army and Air Force bases in Germany. And mm-hmm. so they serve, we're still serving American soldiers and their families. Uh, and we're a credit union, just like um, any other credit union. We, but we do have members all over the United States because yeah. they're in the military. They, you know, they move around a lot. But we also serve do consumers here in New Hampshire, and we're, uh, you know, because we're a credit union, we're really focused on community and uh-huh. start, you know, and, and getting uh, products in front of people that really need them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and when I looked through, I mean, when we got introduced, and I looked through your LinkedIn profile. You're on something yeah. like your fifth leadership role, CMO VP role, uh, yeah. Yeah. heading up marketing. What originally got you into marketing in the first place? Well, I was always um, kind of in a project manager role or I was in sales for a while, which I Mm -hmm. loved doing that. And I was a business strategist and I worked with marketing in all those roles and Mm -hmm. really liked the problem solving side of it. And I love growing the business. And so that kind of got me peaked and interested. I left financial services for a little bit and Mm -hmm. went and was a director of marketing for a commercial construction company, which was super Mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, that was the all B2B, you know, yeah. different than the space I'm in today. Yeah. Uh, that kind of got me going. And then I went back into financial services and I really have stayed in that sector. There's uh, learned so much in each. Each one of my roles has been slightly different because the industry uh, has so many different channels and arms. I, I love the credit union space uh, because we're able to serve businesses and consumers. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of in both fields which nice. I love both of those yeah that's and that's been great and I love the credit union ethos really about uh, you know people helping people and being part of the communities that we serve the, the military aspect of what we're doing today and serving military members has been really cool for me I haven't yeah. been exposed uh, to that so that's been a lot of fun 
Yeah, yeah, no, very cool. Um, and then sort of on that topic a little bit, really, I mean, I think we can all say, I don't want to use the word unprecedented, <laughs> but 2020 has been yeah. quite a ride so far. What's your advice to marketers at the moment? I think now you've got to either look at if you're if you can't just sort of do what you've always been doing. So if you have things that you've really wanted to get in front of, whether it's brand or or looking at marketing in a more unconventional way, I think that's that's a, a good this is a good time to do that. Yeah. I think if you you know, if you're if you want to learn and get into different areas of marketing, whether it's things like marketing automation, more direct marketing. Um, I think now is really the time to do that. We, we've done that on our team where we've pivoted people from roles that were very, um, you know, very customer facing and mm -hmm. were obviously able to do events and things like that. But they've been able to pivot into other areas of marketing that they really wanted to know about, but never had the time to spend in those areas. So I think that I think and you've also just, you know, you've got to have kind of a tough exterior in some ways and just mm -hmm. persevere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and keep keep your thinking really positive because all you know, these things do eventually get solved, and mm -hmm. you're you, this gives you a good time to position the company that you're working with for um, you know for those times, and also think outside the box. I think this is a great time for marketers and business people to just be thinking about um, being more strategic and and doing things maybe a bit differently than they've done in the yeah. past. Yeah, I think that's um, that's really interesting. I've I've talked to a number of executives, and and they're reflecting on what they've learned through this process, and what they should keep, and what they should throw away. And I think if you've got the luxury of spending this time pivoting, I think that's that's really interesting. It sounds like you're very supportive of your team doing that too. Yes, we are, and we're still you know we're still doing what we need to do to keep keep ourselves in front of members and drive. Yeah. You know, in our world, it's it's loans and of driving lending business so we're still doing all those things but it's been great to be able to have some bandwidth for certain folks to right. pivot look at things differently right right and I've, and when we asked you about this for the green room um article for this issue you mentioned empathy communication and be like a person i thought that really kind of summed it up in three points there about how we need to be right now yeah and i think you, i think be, you really have to think about uh, whether you're in, you know, we're in banking, right? But it doesn't matter what you're doing. You've got to think like a person and what's mm -hmm. happening to people today. And when you read, you know, you're reading in the news about what's happening, you know, people are really struggling and, and mm -hmm. what, what can you do to align yourself with their situation and how can you help them? I think yeah. it's, 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 it's so important right now. Communication couldn't be even more important now. I think it's something that you should always carry forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and that really relates to um, the backstage Q and A that we had, where you mentioned establishing values is the first thing you do when starting a new marketing gig. Um, tell us a bit about that. So, I think for me, you know, I'm. I really want to know when I start something new. What is the? What are the company's values? What are? What are employees? what do employees value and why are people working at this particular organization? Like what makes it special? What's the culture about? And all of those things to me are so influenced by values. And I think when you start mm -hmm. something new, you're taught, you want to staff staff, you want to talk to different people across the organization. 
but you learn so much by understanding why people are working um, at that particular organization. And I think once you understand that and have that background, whatever you're going to do in marketing is just that much better because you're, you really do then okay. understand what's different, what differentiates the business and why yeah. people, why people value it. You know, why, why are, yeah. you know, cause we're all working a lot at these positions and it, you do want to be at a place where, you know, you really believe in the ethos of the company, you believe what the company's doing and how that company is helping others. So I think it's, it's important to understand that. And I think in, you know, in the marketing world too, having a, a focus and a set of values that ladders up to what the company's doing really helps your yeah. team, just, you know, gel and kind of get going on uh, whatever they're yeah. kind of march forward with. Yeah. And so um, finding genuine brand purpose rather than, you know, the lip service that a lot of brands are paying to that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 And that's a lot of what we're seeing right now, isn't it? Through the various crises that 2020 is throwing at us too, is values really do come through, don't they? Um, and talking about um, the values, um, uh, you also uh, contributed a splendid piece for us um, for our people, our people issue, which I recently um, talked about on the on the last uh, on last week's po- podcast, and that issue was focused on diversity. And you said diversity is being invited to the party, and inclusion is being asked to plan the party. I love that because most people just talk about diversity, but you were talking about inclusion. Tell us a bit about that difference between those two things. So I think, you know, for me, the first time I had to really do something that was outside of, I would say, my comfort zone was when I was working in a really heavily Hispanic market. And I can't pretend to, you know, to understand that that demographic. I can read research Mm -hmm. and I can do all these things, but it's not going to really tell me what people want and how we can help them. And having... Mm -hmm people on the team that that are actually part of this group was was huge and it was huge to really work alongside them and understand what we could do that would help this particular market and it was different mm-hmm. than what we were doing you know for our other in, in terms of our other marketing efforts very very different and i think when you're when you really think of diversity, it's it's even more than just it's more than just having people on. You definitely want a diverse team if you can do it. Mm-hmm. it you know, it's it's sometimes it depends on where you're working and the 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 market that you're in. And if you yeah. can't, if you can't have that, I think you have to get out and talk to people. You've got to talk to customers. I think we all know that, but that's that's critical. Yeah. And talking to people who are who are in that um, in that market that or that target that you really want to get in front of for me though if you're if you're not if you're not really if you're not working alongside um others that are different from you to understand whatever it is you're doing whether it's marketing or solving business or launching a product i don't really see how you can be that successful and so we did some things outside of what we were doing for that organization where we were planning events and doing things really side by side versus just, you know, having, I was in a leadership role, but instead of Mm -hmm. just playing the leader, I just wanted to really play alongside um, people and learn more and kind of just be there um, in that particular moment for these particular events and what we were doing. And it was, it was hugely 
valuable to understand um, what what the struggles and challenges were, uh, because it's easy to sort of think of that, you know, and what your own experiences and your own experiences yeah. so specific to you. So that's that's what I did in that situation, and it really helped. helped. Um, I think if you can't do that in absence of doing that, because that's not always easy to do, I think that you can also just get out and talk to people and get more involved outside of what you're doing every day. Yeah. You know, I, I volunteer, I do a lot of volunteer work for organizations here, food banks and food pantries. And that gets, I mean, I'm in front of people who are really struggling, you know, on a, a every day, uh, just to get yeah. food food on the table and so i think when you get exposed to these you know people in situations where they're struggling it helps you kind of bring back yeah bring back that experience to what you're doing and understand for uh for me it's it's so much about since we're you know i meant i'm working in financial services it's about yeah. trying to you know understand how we can help people financially um and so yeah. that that that's that's been i think that's what i've that's what I meant when I was writing that was really, you know, yeah. you've, you've got to kind of think about it in that more holistic way. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I think, um, you know, you can, you can meet senior marketers that don't even meet their own customers, let alone people in the community. So I think that's a, that's a <laughs> yeah. really positive, um, really positive attitude you have and, and great advice to, to get out there into the community and, and, and meet, meet folks. And, and so, yeah, and I can understand the difference between inclusion and diversity there is, is great. Uh, fi a final question for you because yep. I know you're an incredibly busy woman and thank you very much for your time um you when we um for for listeners that don't know we have the rockstar CMO swimming pool where we throw all the bullshit and snake oil and all the yeah. things we don't like about this about this wonderful industry that we're in yeah. and when I asked you about that you nominated one and done marketing uh, yeah. tell us what yeah. you mean by one and done marketing yeah, so I think, you know, one and done marketing reminds me of when, you know, you could sort of just, I think five, maybe even five, 10 years ago, you could easily just throw up a TV ad or a billboard and, and you know, and, and that was it. You really didn't have to do anything else. And I think that in today's world, when you're launching a campaign initiative program, whatever it may be, you've got to be nimble enough to tweak it and change it along the way. It's rare that you're going to put something out there that's uh, going to be phenomenally successful and that you never have to touch or tweak and and measure and and be able to change along the way. So I think, you know, those I think those days of sort of doing things and, and doing things in a more cookie cutter way, too, I think, uh, you know, get being more authentic and um and really speaking to your audience is huge. Um, and I still see things out there today that do feel like this one and done marketing, like people just kind of slapped up an ad and, uh -huh. and they expect business to roll in the door and it just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, I know the one thing that we've changed in the last few years here, um, since I've been here is we've really gotten rid of most of our traditional marketing. We really aren't seeing that much of a, you know, that much of a peak there. And so getting yeah. in front of people digitally and just doing things differently has been helpful for us. But I think for me, that's just the the biggest thing. And then I think I sometimes go, I go kind of back and forth with this, but I also feel like this, this overemphasis on digital too is, is just, yeah. 
it, you can't overemphasize any one channel. And so I always, it always frustrates me when I hear people say, well, I could just do Facebook advertising and it's going to drive all of our business. And you know, it doesn't, yeah, it depends yeah. on if, yeah, if your audience, is your audience really there? And just because you can measure it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be successful. We know sometimes that there's, we can, you know, kind of correlate a marketing activity to a business activity. And sometimes it's just not always going right. to be on a piece of paper and a spreadsheet. And I think that I have noticed that too, in the last couple of years that just, you know, really convincing people and helping business people understand that it's, there's an art to also yeah. you know, marketing. It's, it's not all just, and just because you can measure digital doesn't necessarily mean it's your best you yeah. know the, the best thing you should be doing um yeah. not to, you know we all want to measure things and we all want to be successful and we definitely want our efforts to to drive business yeah for sure but that, that i think those two things kind of have been yeah i would just like to yeah yeah i mean the, the, yeah the first point i mean as a content marketer we always talk about random acts of content right so you were really talking yeah. about random acts of marketing and i think the second yeah. point there about um just because you can measure something doesn't mean you say you should you know just because something's easy to measure it doesn't mean that's the thing you should be doing maybe you should be doing the hard thing uh, that has a little bit of art to it as you as you point out i think it's really interesting thank you very yeah. much wendy well uh, that was my final question and um where can if people spin the dial on the interwebs where can they find you um, I'm always on Twitter. So just I'm at Wen Bryant, W-E-N-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And that's the best way to find me. That's where I kind of uh, post things and, and talk yeah. as much as I can. So. Splendid. And I'll include a link to that in the, in the show notes. So thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Ian. I look forward to catching up soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Splendid. Thank you, Wendy. I will, of course, include all the links we discussed, plus a link to Wendy on Twitter and LinkedIn in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. Right. My world-class cocktail track and trace app has just beeped, meaning Robert Rose is in the bar. Let's go join him. Robert, what are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. It's so wonderful to be with you. Um, we have, uh, we've got a really fun uh, cocktail uh, this week. So we're calling it the honeybee, um, but it's not going to be as sweet as you think it is. Um, and it's a, so the first thing you have to do, it's, it's a little bit more of a, one of those complicated drinks. So if you get a smoky mezcal and a mezcal is sort of a very scotch like version of tequila, but it's a, it's a very dark, it's much darker drink. Um, and you just rinse the glass with it, right? Just enough, you know, just pour enough of it in the glass to swish it around and get a good coating on the inside of the glass. Then you put in a little fresh lime some manuka honey and manuka honey is incredibly wonderful by the way a very healthy um sort of uh honey um and if you don't have manuka honey you can certainly use any kind of honey that you that you have mm -hmm. a few dashes of orange bitters um and then a healthy dose of whatever your favorite reposado tequila 
is. And it's uh, mix all that together and it becomes this very smoky, smoky sweet um, sort of drink that we call the, the honeybee. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Um, and then, uh, well, I have, I have Hendrix gin. <laughs> uh, is that anywhere similar to any of those ingredients? Yeah, I think it's I think it's in the same category as the tequila. Yeah, they're yeah. both alcohol. That's All for right. sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've forgotten. You said something about just rinsing the glass in it or something. I seem to have poured some in there. Um, okay, and then you said another thing, which I thought you said was ice, right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A bit this like one that. does have ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, and the, and the and the honey. The the well, uh, you said I could use any kind of honey. Any kind of honey, yes. All right, so I'll use tonic. Yeah, there you All go. All right, uh, good. So, uh, let's, let's have a taste of this. I'm just going to sip it because it sounds really special. Really okay. special. Mmm. Yeah. Oh, that's very special. That's very nice. It's very similar to what I've had before, weirdly enough, but and I don't quite get the smokiness you talked about, but it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is delicious, and I will ha- be having those again. Nice. <laughs> and um, and if we were um, if we were sharing a few of these, where would you take us for one of these? You know, I think one of my favorite places to be in the summertime because mm-hmm. this is uh, also a spring or or early summer kind of drink. Mm-hmm. Is you know it's it's a little bit counterintuitive, but one of the places I really like to go is the mountains mm-hmm. um, in the in the late spring and early summer. Um, because it's just so fresh and, and great hiking and, and all of that. And so there's a place in Colorado, um, that I love to go to my wife and I love to go to, it's called Breckenridge. Um, and it's just, it's mainly known as a ski resort. Yeah, I was going to say. And, um, but in the summertime, it's just absolutely spectacular place to spend a little time. It's quiet. Um, you can take some amazing hikes, see some waterfalls, it's just a beautiful place to to hang out in the mountain air and fresh yeah. and, and have a and have a drink like this. That sounds fun. I've worked with a number of people from uh, from Colorado and uh, they, they love their uh, they love their state. And I've been to Denver a couple of times, but I've never been out in the mountains. But it, yes, it, that you've p- painted a beautiful picture there, and I could I could imagine drinking a few of these there. So. Um, are we drinking these in in some kind of lodge overlooking this kind of view that you've just shared with us? Do you think? I think we probably mm-hmm. are drinking mm-hmm. in some kind of lodge, or or mm-hmm. certainly, um, you know, what would be really fun would it be to have it out at a campfire, right? Oh. Uh, you know, cool late spring, yeah. You know where just cool enough to have a lovely campfire would be fantastic, right? Okay, so the fires are bur- the fires burning down and. We've had a good old chat, and uh, hopefully, uh, I didn't. I resisted the temptation to get the uh, guitar out. I can't play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what um, what thought would I be going back to my uh, tent with uh, this this week? Well, I think this week what we're talking. You know, it's funny. We we've been having a lot of conversations um, with our clients around the idea of being. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of companies that are pivoting hard right now to content, right? Because Mm -hmm. it feels like the right thing to do given the world and the state and what's going on with, you know, just politics and everything and, you know, selling and advertising, it feels good to go to content. And the challenge is of course, is that, 
in many ways, the things that our content practitioners have been working on, you know, getting organized, getting strategic, getting measured about it. One of the things that can happen is, is that we lurch right over to the other side of the pendulum, right? Where we lurch yeah. over to, you know, just executing. And we forget that we were actually building a pretty good strategy to begin with here. Yeah. And one of the things that we've been cautioning is to say, hey, listen, you know, maybe take your time and actually go back to the strategy you were working on and get it right. Figure out the right personas, the journey mapping, mm -hmm. the, the do a content audit, see where you are mm -hmm. and actually get those new protocols and guidelines and processes in place before you just lurch into yeah. creating because you feel like you've got to, you've got to get there quickly. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't start creating right away, but it does mean that, you know, take the time that you haven't taken before, which is to get the strategy right so that the next time that this happens, you actually have a great foundational strategy and you're not just lurching from one extreme to the other. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's so wise. And that, that's so wise for, for anything. So, so many um, organizations talk in terms of tactics and skip past that. We've got to do more content or we've got to do more video. Or we've got to do more social. Yeah, um, video is a big right yeah 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 i just had a client the other day saying saying the same thing and i'm kind of rewinding saying why you know and and who for and why would they want that and all those kinds of questions um so yeah so i think those, those are wise words in any day i think i think robert and if i was to um uh we, we part ways and and i want to come back to some of your wisdom where would i find that well, you're very kind to ask about that, my friend. Um, if you wanted to talk more about content marketing, content strategy, content operations, you can hit us up at contentadvisory.net. And then, of course, I'm on all the social channels as well, except TikTok. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a TikTok guy, so <laughs> you will not find me on TikTok, but you'll find me everywhere else, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and I would happy, be happy to connect with people there. <laughs> yeah, I made a joke in one of the last episodes where... I pretended I got a TikTok notification from you and I just wondered whether people would start looking for you on TikTok. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. But, yeah. You'll be sorely disappointed if you look there. <laughs> and then, you would be sorely disappointed if you found me there and you put it that way. Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation with my youngest daughter about TikTok and I said, should I? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, just no, no delay there. <laughs> she couldn't be firmer. Anyway, so it's a delight as ever. And thank you for joining me this week, Robert. Absolutely a pleasure. Thanks, speak to you again soon. Thank you. Right, thank you, Robert. Always fun to chat to Robert. And I hope you're enjoying this segment of the show as much as I am recording it. Well, that's it. Episode 14 of Rockstar CMO FM. Thank you for dropping your virtual quarter into the podcasting jukebox and jiving along with us. Thank you to Wendy for the interview and to Robert for the cocktail and marketing tips. And thank you to the Rockstar CMO community that support our publication. You can find links to all the people and articles from this episode in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you heard, and maybe you can help us with the question of whether the world needs another effing marketing podcast, please drop us a rating in the podcasting platform of your choice. Or if you have any feedback, you can find us at rockstarcmo.com or at rockstarcmo on Twitter and LinkedIn. Look forward to hearing from you. Next week, I'm looking forward to chatting to Jane Scandura, personal branding and general marketing guru. Very much looking forward to that. In the meantime, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstarcmo.com, and I look forward to you joining us again soon on Rockstar CMO FM.
You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.